a new life family. Pastor Paco here uh, with a great big uh, greeting on this Sunday morning. How things have changed, haven't they? Um, we've gone from t-shirts um, to now double jackets. I have a sweatshirt, I have a t-shirt, I have a sweatshirt, I have a jacket on top. And uh, um, weather is nice, but uh, of course this Sunday morning, as you listen to this message, uh, you will be, we will be experiencing below 50 degrees weather, which we haven't had since March um, this year. And um, I want to come to you, first of all, to give you a great greeting. Uh, thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you so much for your care. Thank you so much for your acts of love. Those, um, just that push of love and that inclination of grace and service um, alone was uh, incredibly powerful in our hearts and to our hearts and to our minds. And um, I was telling Sylvia actually, it's like, wow, there is so many people who have texted us saying we are praying for you. And Sylvia said, I think that's why single-handedly people's prayers have actually brought us back from the brink of darkness and, um, and even desperation uh, during these last several weeks when we were uh, very heavily hit by COVID. And um, so church, we want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for all of your love. And um, this morning, I come to you, uh, you have been in my heart, and um, I come to you um, with a very important message. I feel like it's a very timely message, specifically during this very difficult season of, um, of elections. Um, somebody was mentioning that uh, the America has probably not been as divided as as the way in which we are now. It's like 30% people see themselves as Republican, 30% people see themselves as Democrat, and now like 40% of people see themselves as independent. But when you think about independent, it's mostly dissolutioned. And um, our country has probably not been as divided as this. Uh, and all the way on to, from like the time of the Civil War, like deep divisions in our world. Uh, this is a very difficult season. And um, as disciples of Jesus, as a family of faith, I want to invite you um, over the next several weeks, we're going to be um, in a series called Citizens. Citizens, belonging to a different kingdom, citizens. I like the title of this message series. And um, during this series, during these next several seasons, I want to invite you to think deeply about what it means not to be an American, first of all, but to be an American who is fully a citizen of Jesus' kingdom, who is primarily most mostly a citizen of the kingdom of God and so for in order to do that I would like to pray and I want to invite you to go with me uh, to the gospel of Luke chapter 6 would you pray with me Lord Jesus your kingdom makes all the difference your kingdom is not like a Sunday thing that we go and do at a building but your kingdom is something that has changed everything radically within us so jesus 
pray that you would walk us through this season and that we would find ourselves um, with a stronger commitment than ever about what it means to be a follower of Jesus, a member of another kingdom. A kingdom that is not from another world, but a kingdom who rightly belongs fully to this world, of which its power and influence would have no end. Father, what does that mean? What does it mean to be part of this kingdom in this divided world? Would you help us, Jesus, in your name? Amen. Hey, um, there's several things that have happened in our world in the last several months. I mean, it's like this push that has been coming upon our world. And um, several of those things have happened. Is that um, here's a couple of things that I wrote down. Is that there's now a deep spirit of fear and division like we've never experienced it before. A, a deep spirit of fear and division has permeated our country like it has never, like you and I have never experienced it before. Uh, you know, like we were not born, I was not born and alive for the, um, to be able to experience and think through um, the Vietnam War. I was not alive during the Second World War. I was not alive during the Korean War. I have never experienced a war like that that has impacted everything in our lives. I know that we have the Iraqi, the Iraqi War, the war in Afghanistan. For the most part, for most of us, those wars have felt far away, even 9-11. It was like a, a thing that, that came upon this country and it gave like a deep sense of unity for our country. But now, like never before, we are experiencing, I was actually listening to a com commentator, you know, like a comedian kind of saying, hey, we're, we're just months away from, um, from taking up arms and shooting each other um, in this next civil war. I was like thinking, what was it? Just the way he put it, it was, it was meant to be funny, but really it hit hard deep within my heart, almost like it being like a natural expectation the deep fear in our world and the deep divide in our world that is permeating everything. And even within this kind of world of fear, you and I have been called to be peacemakers, to follow the king who is the prince of peace. The second thing that, um, that clearly has happened among our world, in our world, now in America in the year 2020, is that this coming election, this kind of like election thing, which is it's the most expensive election in all of the planet, in all of history. It's like billions of dollars that would be spent within the next several weeks. This election has exposed deeper lines of division and privilege like never before. This is a very difficult time. And, um, and you and I are invited to live fully in this kind of world. And God has given us tools to be able to 
be people who whose two feet are fully cemented, fully planted in this kind of context. And this this election, make no mistakes, is is bringing deeper lines of division, deeper lines of um, of privilege, deeper lines of hatred, deeper lines of I hate those people on the other side. And um, all you have to do is just go to any kind of social platform and you will find it. There's not just like disagreement on ideas, there's hate from one side to another. And finally, another thing that has happened is that um, what we are experiencing is a shift that has never, that has never been experienced in America as, as, as long as America has been a country. What we are experiencing now is social commentators, especially Christian social commentators, have made it very clear is we are experiencing the death of cultural Christianity and a deep rise of secularization. We are experiencing this thing that is shifting all of the, the way in which America has functioned up until now. And so, of course, this sense of death of this cultural Christianity. By cultural Christianity, I mean just where Christianity has been accepted and loved and it's been kind of like at the center of everything that has happened. And this is not, this is by far not the most negative thing that has happened to our country. I know that many people keep on thinking about, you know, our founding fathers and the faith of our founding fathers and talking about the, um, the you know, prayer in school and all that. All those things were a mirage. Most of Christianity throughout history and throughout the planet have never experienced that kind of central figure in a culture and the rise of secularism. The rise of secularism is not like the conservative party is very Christian. It's not at all. It's very uh, cultural Christian, but it's not very, it's, you know, Christendom in a sense. In other words, it's not deeply Christian, it's deeply divided, and is deeply not founded upon the teachings, mode, and ethics of Jesus' kingdom. Since these shifts have happened in our world, of course, the question for us now is how in the world do we live? And I, I like a guy um, named um, John Mark Comer who talks a lot about this. And um, I like his social commentary as a preacher. And um, in this context, we are called to be, he calls it a creative minority, a creative minority who is a family of faith. It's one big multicultural family that goes against the flow of all of the rest of our country. But our presence is not just like, it's not irrelevant, but our presence is meant to change everything. So I want to invite you to go with me. To the Gospel of Luke and chapter 6, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, where we find something that many people call the Sermon on the, on the Plain. Sermon on the Plain. Sermon on the Plain is Luke's version of the Sermon on the Mount. 
And I'm just going to briefly go through it and, and listen to what Jesus, so what, to what Luke says. So Jesus went down with them and stood at a level place. Sometimes some people translate it at a plain. Um, and a large crowd of his disciples were there and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, from the coastal region of Rantire and Sidon, who had come to hear him and to be healed from their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were being cured there. And the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. And looking at his disciples, Jesus says this. Listen to him. Blessed are you who are poor. You, my disciples. Blessed are you now who are poor because the kingdom of heaven is yours right now. It's yours. Blessed are you who hunger now, here and, and now, for you will be, I promise, I assure you, you will be satisfied. Blessed, blessed are you who weep now, for you will find your laughter. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you, reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man, because of the newness of God's kingdom in you. Rejoice in that day. Rejoice as you think of the day of the King and leap for joy because great is your reward in the realm of God, in heaven. Now, I want to stop right here and say, heaven is not a place. Heaven is not a future. Heaven is a realm. It's a realm where what Jesus wants done is done. So the kingdom of heaven is not like a future thing that will happen. The kingdom of heaven is something that Jesus taught us to pray. May your kingdom come now. May your will be done right now. What is the kingdom of heaven? Is the realm in the world where Jesus' desires and plans are being fulfilled and followed. Where men and women clearly bend their will to Jesus' desires. So the kingdom of heaven is not something future. The kingdom of heaven is happening the moment that you and I say, King, take over my world. King, what is your desire? King, what would you change in me? King, I want to obey you. What is your command for me? How am I to treat people in my world? And when you obey him, there's the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven is the realm where what God desires is being fulfilled in people's lives and world. Now, to be sure, there is a future aspect of the kingdom, but at this very moment, the kingdom of God is where you and I obey the king, where his desire, where he is king above all other allegiances in our world. Rejoice in that day. Live for joy because great is your reward in the realm of God. For that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. Now listen to these next several verses. It's interesting because the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5 has eight blessings. Blessed are you. And then he gives eight blessings of 
people who are not experiencing in the come in the in the regular setting of the kingdoms of this world who are not experiencing blessing and he's saying as you come and you know me and you uh, you pledge allegiance to me and you start following me then you will be blessed with all these things in other words here's eight blessings but look changes it for us and Luke gives us four blessings and now he's going to give us four woes it's almost like a mirror like some of you are going to be fully blessed and some of you are going to be sadly very cursed as you hear about my kingdom my kingdom will become instead of a joy a confrontation because you have settled yourself well in the way things are in this world now they will fully demonstrate that you belong to the kingdom of this world rather than that your allegiance is for my kingdom and listen to this woe to you who are rich now for you have already received your comfort woe to you who are well fed now for you will go hungry woe to you who laugh now for you will mourn and weep my kingdom will become something that confronts you and doesn't allow you to laugh instead it makes you cry it makes you angry woe to you when everyone speaks well of you for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets something that's going on in this text and it's deeply important for us First of all, Jesus is saying that his kingdom, he's speaking to his disciples and he's saying, disciples, as you make a commitment to follow me. Uh, I love the way in which um, N.T. Wright explains it. He says that, uh, that it's almost like Jesus sees the crowds and the world all around him and then he makes a huddle and he calls a call. And he makes a call. <laughs> it's almost like a quarterback saying, hey, this is, this, these are four things that we're going to pursue. And these are four things that we're going to clean ourselves, purge ourselves of now. It's like, and then he says, ready, set, go. Boom. All for one and one for all kind of thing. You know, they all put their hands in the, in the middle. And it's like, all right, let's go. And he's saying, my kingdom, my kingdom will mean great joy for those who in this common setting have found themselves that this world does not satisfy them. The setting of this world doesn't make them laugh. The setting of this world does not benefit them. The setting of this world makes them just feel like hey, I'm an outsider in this world. But then for those who in the common setting of this world are fully benefit, benefited, like, oh, this feels so good. I love the way things are. I love how I'm on, I'm on top. I love, how, I love how people talk so well about me. I love my reputation. I love how I have. And, and Jesus is saying, in my kingdom, you will find yourself confronted by the realities that have become that have just made you feel satisfied for now I would like to stop here and think for a moment 
about what the kingdom of Jesus means for us. First of all, I want you to know that um, in the lack of deep understanding and passionate love for the king, the country overall and many Christians have found themselves the lack of learning and yearning for the king in our world they have found themselves going to other places to be discipled and um, I have a good friend his name is Robert Guerrero he actually um, is a pastor in New York and um, he's a really good friend mentor in many ways and he was saying hey, Paco we must always be suspicious of all the systems of power in our world because the, the systems of power in our world well, how things are benefited now and how people fight to be on top and, and to have their say be the most strong uh, the strongest voice uh, those settings whether they are on the right or on the left conservative or you know like progressive all those settings you must be suspicious of him because the king has come just this last week in my regular reading of scripture I am um, I, I went through John chapter 13 where Jesus during the meal stands up and he takes his clothes off and like a servant he lays down and washes each one of his disciples feet it was deeply shocking for me to read through it and to think what is it that the king is doing here is the king and then Jesus says do you understand what I've done for you I was talking to a guy that was saying hey uh, have you seen how every police car in in Chicago says to serve and protect and then he said hey uh, when was the last time you felt yourself like the police was here to serve you <laughs> And I don't know about you, but um, Jesus said the posture of those who follow the king in this world, it's, 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 first of all, it's going to bring great joy to know that a king with a very different flow than any of the kingdoms of this world, than any of the political parties in this world, is present right here, right now. And his presence will bring great joy into those who feel like the regular settings of this world are not responding to their hearts it's going to be great joy to those who feel like hey i like the way things are right now why don't we keep them why don't we fight for keeping them they will feel confronted by the king but here's what the king is sending us to do he's sending us to serve to serve to love those who hate us to bless those who persecute us to serve I've been thinking a lot about this next several weeks for us as a family 
can't think of a family of faith that is all brown. You can't think of a fam the family of faith as being all black. You can't think of the family of faith as being all white, being Asian, being like, you think of whatever, like the, the family of faith is just one family. It's just one beautiful family of men and women to whom to, who have been invited by the king and the king is saying I must break some things in you and the king is saying I must anoint healing and joy and laughter in you the king has come to change everything as I finish this morning over the next several weeks we're gonna be talking more about this but let me read some scriptures into you as we finish this morning Philippians chapter 3 verse 20 but our citizen is in heaven in the realm of God and from it we are awaiting our Savior our Savior is not Republican or Democrat no our citizen to those who now belong to Jesus our Savior we awaited from God the Lord Jesus Christ Philippians 3 20 Listen to 1 Peter, Peter speaking, chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. But you, you people of God, you are a chosen race, one chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You're something new and fresh now. You are a people for his possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light you are all brown black white hispanic it's like you have all been called to be one fresh new family one fresh new nation one fresh new people then he says once none of you were part of the people of god but now you are all god's people once you had not received mercy but now you have received mercy Listen to Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, forgiveness of sins. We have been made part of a fresh new family. Listen to what Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 says. Is Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 says consequently you are no longer foreigners or strangers but now you are all fellow citizens with God's people and as fellow citizens then you are all members of God's household You're one family first thing that I want you to think about as we leave this morning, people of God, we have been called to shed all other identities. Republican, shed it. Democrat, shed it. Independent, shed it. And to fully embrace the one identity, I am a member of God's family. I am a people of God. And as I have been invited to be fully a member of God's family, 
Now I'm released into the world to live differently, not as Democrat, not as, not by any of those labels. As a people of God in a very different kingdom into this world. My prayer is that we will live out passionately the King in and through our lives. The King came to serve, to lay down and wash these enemies' feet. Family of faith, these are going to be crazy weeks. May you and I passionately hold on fully to the King and learn to be a people of a new kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.